Love Talk Radio. Coalition, who is the sponsors of this year broadcast. If one name be Yeti Bottom before, 
go to gullahgeechee.net. If Hunter want to join, we go on to gullahgeechee.net. And so we want Hunter chilling for join, we out join her. If Hunter trying to get we book for coming to Hunter Town and things like that, no matter where Hunter the day in the world, go on to queenquet.com, click that booking link, and then we can crack repeat with Hunter chilling about that kind of thing. We're so glad for all the Hunter chilling. We're yet it is a show live, but rather watch for all the Hunter chilling. We'll download them for free. Through iTunes every week, and rather watch how I'm on your computer, people in betterment, thing like that, and then what a sham through social media and thing. Thank you, thank you for all of that. Yep, and we're so glad that Hunter Children still that tune in after all these years we've been on the air and thing like that. And rather watch, thank you, thank you to all the Hunter Children who've been going to gullagichi.biz, forget we book and thing for a share. Read knowledge and thing with other rest of people where Hunter to be. And Red Western one, we're kind out to all engagements and things like that in the category home and thing. We're so glad to see people reading one more again. Credit that day one time, Hunter Chillin' been a scare me. Everybody won't buy one CD or DVD or thing like that, but then they won't buy a book. So we're so glad that now all of these children, as we the going on the road and thing like that, and doing all these different keynote addresses and things like that, and staying there for hours afterwards just to sign books. Thank you, thank you. So please don't just run up with just a camera all the time and things like that. I want to take a picture and things like that. Please come with a little bit of shiny thing so Hunter can buy her books and camera home. All right? All this here going back into the work for we to do for we land and for we legacy and read us for we self-determination. And Hunter ain't got economic power and things like that with Hunter today. Hunter ain't going to have no power in the world the way it's going. All right? So now Hunter Children need for us then. So we're going to crack with you the other rest of the week for all the Hunter Children now stand as your tall talk. So as you know, this is Queen Quet, Chief is the head of state for the Gullah Geechee Nation. I usually switch over to this language just because I have listeners from around the world. A lot of y'all use these devices and things that I've seen in some of the hotels that I've been in while I'm on this part of the journey where they actually speak into the iPad let the people then switch over in the language or translate it to English. Then English we go switch it to his side or her side and say something in English and then transfer it back to the other people's language and the iPad will speak to them. So that y'all don't have to go through all that. Y'all can understand me this way. So I definitely appreciate and thank all of you around the world who listen to the show on a regular basis, and I thank you for all the messages that you send me, the emails as well as the Facebook messages and everything to let me know that you are listening. And then I should keep the show going. So that is what we are doing. And so I wanted to make sure tonight to really share part of this journey that I'm on now with the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour because there are so many things that people are unaware of that actually link right back to the Gullah Geechee Nation. And I wanted to touch base on some of those things today that deal specifically with our self-determination. But most of you who have been listening to this show, who follow me on Facebook, who have been in circles with me in different places at different presentations over the years, you are well aware that I will often mention that I truly believe in divine timing. I believe in divine intervention. I also take certain things as signs. And it has been very, very interesting that along this journey, everywhere that I've gone that were new places to me still had a link back to our story. 
in the Gullah Geechee Nation. It was very easy for me to be able to see these links, not only through spiritual eyes, but also through the eyes of being a person who has loved to read. The majority of my life, from three years old, I started reading and have not stopped since. I don't get to read as much as I would like to. I would love to be able to just sit and read at least a 100-page book a day like I used to do when I was in elementary school. But now, because of my workload and because of my schedule having to be on the road more often than not, that precludes me from having that kind of time on a regular basis to read a 100-page book a day. But I do try to at least see if I can get through 100 pages in a week. And so even if I just break it down by reading a chapter a day in a book nowadays, I try to at least accomplish that as a minimum, and that's with a book. That's not even counting all the things that you see that I post in social media that I actually read before I post. And one of the reasons that I ensure that I read these things before I post them is because even though when things have a header now that says they're about black history or they say that they're about Gullah Geechee's, you have to be very careful as to what the content of that is because it does not mean that it is accurate in any way, shape, or form. I also have found that there are often let's say, 85% accuracy and 15% some type of sensationalism or conjecture that people want to add, and sometimes that throws off the real relevance of the article. So they'll see that a lot of times I'll also make comments and commentary when I do post to social media just so that people get it and understand that it's not that I'm in total 100% agreement with the particular thing, but that I have caught some errors in it either being a historian from a historical standpoint or being from a living culture standpoint. And so that I want others to not go away ignorant or pass on misinformation if you go ahead and pass it around. So I thank Facebook for adding this wherein people will check the box. They have to uncheck the box. Facebook actually checks the box, and you have to uncheck the box uh, if you do not want the comments that the person posted to accompany what you share. And so I thank all of you who actually leave that box checked and that you pass on the commentary along with what it is that I post because that there's a reason. I'm not doing this your dry long soap. There is a reason for each and everything that we do. And so one of the things that people do not grasp is that within African tradition and culture, our journey, our story, there generally is a meaning behind what it is that you see and what it is that you hear. Thing is not as simplistic. There usually are a lot of other things intertwined in what we are presenting to you, how we present it, the cadence, that we present with, the tones, the colors, all of these things have meaning. So to that end, I want to start backwards in terms of my timeline of my travels in the sense that today many of you who are online, if you hadn't been online until now listening to the show, definitely make some haste 
and go over to our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page or check my Twitter feed at Gullah Geechee or even check the, the Instagram feed and you'll see it's still there at Gullah Geechee. And again, Gullah Geechee is G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E and no I in Geechee if it a we. And no I in Geechee if it a we. Spell it, yeah? Okay then. So now... Here it is that you'll notice a picture of Beyonce, and I guess somebody else says, Beyonce, go to get you. Not that we know of, but she's Creole from down in Louisiana. So here it is, and then has family in Texas. Well, Louisiana and Texas also have Gullagichi, so we can't say for sure there may not be some type of historical link. But we do know this. In one of her latest videos, you know, there is sort of a miniature movie, Lemonade, that she has put out. And within it, there are a number of different scenes, and there are different symbolisms within these scenes. And I have saluted her and Kendrick Lamar for the things that they have done at these music shows and the Super Bowl and everything they each have presented imagery that had to do with our culture and the continuation of our culture. I also want to salute John Legend, who I'm sure, as a producer of Underground and him being a musical artist, that he has something to do with the selection of the music and the musical styles and genres that are being used as part of Underground because they use one of our Gullah Geechee spirituals now. They've altered the cadence. But they used one of our Gullah Geechee spirituals, and they used it in a way that was acoustic. They did it within a building with one person doing it. They didn't make it into the ring shout, which is what that song generally goes to. But they did use that in underground. Well, what they did with sound, several of our social media people caught that and wrote me and even sent this video and scene and said, Queen Quint, did you catch it? They had a go get you saw underground set. Definitely did. I was hoping it was more than me that caught that. Well, a lot of people didn't catch what it was that Beyonce was doing with the line of sisters walking toward water in her video. But somebody did. And now it's all over the Internet, and it was fortunate that my niece saw it because they're big Beyonce fans and then tagged me to say, well, oh, wow, here go all y'all people, y'all are just finding this out. She's like, I guess I thought everybody knew this already because my aunt taught us so much of our history growing up that I thought everybody knew this history. And I looked at what she tagged, and here it was that they were showing an image. Someone had made a sketch of what was representative of Evo landing and our Evo ancestors, rather than being enslaved at St. Simon's Island, Georgia, or for our golden isles of the Gullah Geechee Nation, that they walked back to the motherland. This is the same group of people you've heard me talk about on this show when we talk about the children's book entitled The People Could Fly. The flying Ebos, the walking back to Africa Ebos, these are the same Ebos of Ebo Landing that is on St. Simon's Island, Georgia, that we are fighting today to try to have that land returned to the ownership or given to the ownership, I should say, of Gullah Geechee's because it has long since been 
owned by Anglo families, the ones that were enslaving the Gullah Geechees and Africans on that island generations ago, and it is now in a position where it should be turned over as a sacred historic site to Gullah Geechees. And that was the whole purpose behind why when Clarity Press approached me about doing the very first anthology that I did, which became the first anthology in the world done by a native Gullah Geechee about Gullah Geechee culture. There had been other anthologies that were works by academicians that had studied us, that had interviewed us, that had put together their own analysis of us. But this had been the first anthology that was done by Native Gullah Geechee and has gotten honorable mentions and awards for being a human rights book as well. So the legacy of Evo Landing, Gullah Roots of African American Culture, is a book that we did with that title to draw attention to the issue of Evo Landing and the issue being that there is no historic marker at the site because the so-called private owners did not want it there. And they also keep a gate around it so that people cannot approach and go directly onto the spot there along Dunbar Creek. And so here it is that all of these generations later, this location as a sacred ground and as a place that self-determination was manifested, that we would rather take our chances walking back to where our homeland is than to walk forward into your bondage took place. So we've had this story told and retold as legend, as uh, mass suicide, as children's stories with storytellers making it, you know, fun and all of this kind of thing, and people not understanding the depth and the magnitude of what really went on when you're talking about the self-determination of the spirit and the spirit rising from the people. That's what the flying is about so significantly that they did not ever stand in bondage. They did not stay in bondage for one moment, one day. They had been kidnapped, but they never got enslaved. Now, here it is that you have also an African woman was the leader that actually made the sound that signaled everyone to walk and to walk united. And that part of the story is often not told. So to see Beyonce's imagery is very significant to me, very, very powerful to me in terms of that being what she came to under and overstand and to represent with other sisters, and especially for this generation of young ladies who often see her in a different fashion and just see her from their dances and her clothing and things like that and, you know, how pretty she looks. Well, I'm glad that she's showing that there's more than just how her do is done. There's a brain in her head, and she's trying to show you how you can use that even if it is an artistic expression, to express the things that have to do with your culture, your cultural community, and things wherein our people sacrifice themselves for self-determination. So this is very powerful because artists don't often get to self-determine anything once they are put into the bondage of contracts and industries. But when you do have economic power, you end up with a clout 
that releases you from these kinds of bondage as well. And we're going to get to that on a whole nother episode at another time. But if y'all go back to my April episodes where we were dealing with, you know, finances throughout that month, Financial Literacy Month, you'll you know why I'm still on this note. That's not a note that I'm going to stop singing on for a while. Because economic empowerment comes with you educating yourself, enriching yourself, enlightening yourself. You need to then be determined as to what it is that you're going to do with that enrichment, that enlightenment. How are you going to use it? The choice is still yours. Are you going to then give your gifts to someone else? Are you going to use them to empower yourself and your community? Are you then going to stand united together? And walk and fly and honor those that came before us. So I decided on this part of the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour, I would make sure that I wouldn't just do my usual thing of going to the United Nations, and it was wonderful going to the United Nations and actually running into some Gullah Geechees from the Chuck on the street. <laughs> and them stopped me, clean, quick, is that is you? Yeah. Yes, it is. You got business here? Yeah, you always have business here, you know. And so that was a beautiful change of pace, but it also said to me my work and my living are not in vain and that there are those who recognize this journey of self-determination that we are yet still on for our human rights in the Gullah Geechee Nation. But sometimes it makes you wonder, because people act as if they are, they are spiritually and mentally schizophrenic because they change back and forth from being Gullah Geechee to just being black, a color, or they Gullah Geechee, then they want to be American. Then they, well, I'm Gullah Geechee, African-American. Um, pick what it is that you are about and let us stand. Can we stand self-determined as to who we are? But when we look at all that has worked against Gullah Geechee's saying they're Gullah, saying they're Geechee, out loud in public places, it's easy to understand why that spiritual and that mental schizophrenia, that, that double thought, that rethink, that hope comes into many people up to this moment. There's a fear, the fear that someone will still not accept them in this day and age for being Gullah Geechee. So here it is that that brings me to one of the stops that was on my journey and to a man whose name many of you have heard who is the writer of The Souls of Black Folk, W.E.B. Du Bois or W.E.B. Du Bois. He has this theory of double consciousness. Now, interestingly enough, I was going to look up information on him to see if he ever did any of his lectures, any of his speeches in the Gullah Geechee Nation, and then to obtain a copy for our Gullah Geechee Aoke Bulan archive that the sponsors of this radio program, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, actually houses. And, of course, you can always find out more about the coalition at gullahgeechee.net, gullahgeechee.net. Now, here it is that, Literally, as the show was coming on the air, I did a Google search for W.E.B. Dwight in our area. 
and actually came up with this information that said in his book, Kinship, Philippe Wamba describes the myth of the flying Africans. Legends in the culturally rich Sea Islands of Georgia tell of a group of African Igbos led by a powerful sorceress who flew home to Africa from a slave ship moored at a site still known as Igbo Landing. Elsewhere, the story goes that field slaves on southern plantations believed that they would be able to fly home if they gave up their salt in their diet, but that those who did so were forced to leave without their wives and children who were fed salty food when they worked in master's house, in the master's house. Now, I have never before in my life seen this particular thing, and now it's going to have me look for this book called Kinship and this writer I have never heard of before today. But the reason is there is because in a Wikipedia entry referring to double consciousness, which is a term describing the internal conflict experienced by subordinate groups in an oppressive society. It was coined by W.E.B. Du Bois with reference to African-American double consciousness, including his own, and published in his autoethnographic work, The Souls of Black Folks, which is one of my favorite books that he wrote. I often recommend this if you're a person of African descent, especially born in North America, that book you should have, you should read it periodically, The Souls of Black Folks. Now, it goes on to say the term originally referred to the psychological challenge of always looking at oneself through the eyes of a racist white society, as well as reconciling an African heritage with upbringing in a European-dominated society. The term has since been applied to numerous situations of social inequality, notably women living in patriarchal societies. So just imagine being a black woman in America then, if if we're going to deal with that. I don't know if we would now call this double-mindedness, quadruple-mindedness. You know, we multiplying the double and the double there. I don't know if, how we would utilize that term in that context, but we know that many of us have seen this lived out. So here it goes on to say that this term originated from an Atlantic strivings of the Negro people. It was later republished and slightly edited under the title of Our Spiritual Strivings in his book, The Souls of Black Folks. Dubois describes double consciousness as follows. It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels his two-ness, an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body, whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife, this longing to attain self-conscious manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self. In this merging, he wishes neither of the older selves to be lost. He does not wish to Africanize America, 
for America has too much to teach the world and Africa. He wouldn't bleach his Negro blood in a flood of white Americanism, for he knows that Negro blood has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for a man to be both a Negro and an American without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows, without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face. Now, I had the opportunity to actually go to the boyhood home of W.E.B. Dubois. This is actually the property where his grandparents lived. This was property that went out of the family and was purchased back and given to W.E.B. Dubois as a gift that he wanted to restore and repair and then was unable to do so. So the house today actually has a private ownership that does not want you to even cut through the yard to get to the rest of the journey in the historic kiosk to actually make a horseshoe, a U, right around the house. So you pull in one way, you take the pathway, you go around the back, you come out the other side. We are at Gullah on Periscope. I wanted to Periscope this journey the same way I did our first Periscope location at the African Burial Ground in New York but was unable, it was so far off of the grid, we were unable to get Periscope to work there. So you will be seeing a Gullah Geechee TV episode coming up about the life of W.E.B. Dubois, about the types of things that we were able to see there. And if you are on our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page and following at Gullah Geechee on Instagram and Twitter, you'll see some of the images from that journey. But nonetheless, here it is that as I wanted to include mentioning him, a man that was grew up in the Berkshires, a man who considered himself thoroughly a New Englander, a man who we've all known to be a man of intellect, a scholar, a person who has left a number of writings back here and one so critical as the souls of black folks who then ended his life in Accra, in Ghana, there with Kwame Nkrumah. These became a pan-Africanist. This man's view of the world was how we as African people needed to be respected and represented. But then as we did this and we gained our own standing as a talented tenth or beyond it here in America, we then needed to have the consciousness of connection with the motherland and then the motherland with us. So there were so many different types of things going on in the mind and in the life of W.E.B. Du Bois or W.E.B. Du Bois that it is no doubt that such a man could write a work such as The Souls of Black Folks. I have even more desire to reread the book now that I've been to the town in which he grew up and got to see the dynamics of how things are even today. But to be there and, and feel that environment is a whole other thing. It was just like going out many, many years ago out to where George Washington Carver himself, his boyhood home, where he had been enslaved and where he first started learning to read and being in the serenity of that environment and how these 
men, each then became scholars. They came to be people who we still talk about in our story, in black history. And the unfortunate reality is that people tend to try to wait until Black History Month to talk about these types of individuals and to talk about those who influenced the road to freedom for black people in general, including Gullah Geechee's. Because of the power of the pen, W.E.B. Du Bois had a considerable amount of influence the same way some people call his rival in ways. Booker T. Washington did as well because they could write and then have something published, have it published in a newspaper, have it put in a journal. Or in the case of W.B. Du Bois, he was the founder of the, he was part of the Niagara Movement, which predates when the NAACP was founded, and then had the Crisis Magazine, which I've always enjoyed being able to read. And so, here it is that he could pen things, journey, the same way Carter G. Woodson, who you can go back and go to GullahGeecheeNation.com and you can put in the name and you'll find things I've written about Carter G. Woodson and the shows that we've covered here about Carter G. Woodson and how they all were able to pen things and put forth information as well as issues before our community to try to guide this process right out of enslavement into the forward movement of our people, looking for an advancement to come. And some would say they did not advance the issue of self-determination. In fact, they advanced the issue of how we needed to better present ourselves in order to integrate or be accepted by Anglo people. That's what many people would argue if you name any of the names, if you go about any of the names that I've mentioned already. And I find it interesting because one of the things that I have not heard a lot about W.E.B. Du Bois dealing with, and that's why it's very interesting to talk about the women in a patriarchal society or the people who've been oppressed in the society having a double consciousness, because I had not heard about him trying to connect to a lot of women's issues. However, here it is that in this same article, they have a section called Double Consciousness in Relation to Women and Feminism. And so someone wrote, to try and understand the situation of black women is a pot of misconceptions, distortions of fact, and defensive attitudes for many people. The system of capitalism and its afterbirth racism under which we all live has attempted by many devious ways and means to destroy the humanity of all people, and particularly the humanity of black people, and their double jeopardy to be black and female. All right, so now this starts off there. And that gives me a segue point about capitalism, its afterbirth racism, and the double jeopardy to be black and female. There was someone from the same place as W.E.B. Du Bois who we found out that he wrote about and said that he thought had been married to his grandfather, but the historians refute that 
because of their age difference and there not being any record, any type of marriage license or anything to actually say that that was the case. But it was interesting that he would want to connect to this particular female who defied the odds, who defied the capitalistic system of her time, which was that of enslaving our people. And this is the person to whom I dedicated tonight's show, Elizabeth Freeman, also known as Mumbet. Many of you saw me standing proudly with Mumbet in the images at the different social media sites because Mumpet was someone who had been enslaved at a plantation called the Ashley Plantation. But this Ashley Plantation is not on the Ashley River in Charleston or Chucktown. This Ashley Plantation is actually in the Berkshires as well, Massachusetts. Now, here it is that she was actually born at Claverack or Claverack, New York, and there in about 1744 was when she was born, and she was given this name, Bet, all right, which was a kind of common name to be given with enslaved people back then. Now, the person who was enslaving her, Pieta Hogboom, and we are going to have a Gullah Geechee TV episode about her as well, gave her this name, but also gave her to his daughter, Hannah, when she married this man, John Ashley, who then had a plantation over in Sheffield, Massachusetts. So that was seven when she was then brought over to this plantation. She stayed there from the time that she was seven years old until 1780, and she had a child at that time herself. Now, they have records saying some today, well, she was supposed to be married and all of this, but we're not positive about that marriage either to whom or if it was actually a legal marriage or not because he or she was chattel. But now, that did not expect to stay in this way all her life. They talk about how self-determined she was, even as a small child, that she had a strong spirit and a sense of herself from a child. And I think that makes all the difference in the world with many people. And that's why some people try to intimidate children, especially girls, to try to stop them from having that self-determination. But, what's well, in you got to come out, I'm always So now here it is that while that was there working, she heard Ashley, who was a lawyer, who was her enslaver, John Ashley, and they're talking to some other men. And they were having these political discussions about the location of the signing of what they call the Sheffield Resolves, which was before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And so she heard about this new Massachusetts Constitution that was also read, and in that Constitution it said all men are born free and equal and have certain natural, essential, and unalienable, unalienable rights, among which may be reckoned the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties, that of acquiring, possessing, and protecting property. 
and find that of seeking and obtaining their safety and happiness. Well, that's all she needed to hear. She let him know that she heard that paper that was read. She said, I'm not a dumb critter. Won't the Lord give me my freedom? So she sued. She actually got a lawyer named Theodore Sedgwick, her and another man named Brahm. So in a case called Brahm and Bet versus Ashley that was heard in August of 1781 in the courts there, they asserted that the constitutional provision that all men are born free and equal effectively abolished slavery in the state. The jury actually ruled in their favor. So Bet became the first woman of African descent to be set free under the Massachusetts state constitution. Now, that did not end enslavement in Massachusetts at all. It did not end it. But this was critical to starting to bring it to an end. So now here it is, stood for freedom was self-determined because Brahm and Bet were not the only ones enslaved there. There were others enslaved there, but they did not become party to the lawsuit. So y'all will hear me when you see the Gully Get Your TV episode when I am first discovering this information and how I am stunned by the fact that there were others there. Not stunned by the fact that they didn't join the lawsuit, because there are many people that will not stand up to date for their human rights and their self-determination. They cannot grasp the concept because it's not one that had been given to them by somebody else. But this is something that has to come from within, from within the human beings, from within the community, because self-determination is the only way that one can set out to truly, truly be free. So one of the things that's going to happen this year in Charleston, in Chucktown, is actually our Gullah Geechee reunion that is going to happen the very first weekend of August in Charleston. And when it does, it is going to be our Gullah Geechee reunion of self-determination. Our entire theme this year is a celebration of self-determination. Now, y'all know that is not a new concept for me in any way, shape, or form. And it is something that we consistently seek to educate people about and help them to understand and connect to. But you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can lead human beings to knowledge, but you can't make them think. And so we encourage people to be thinkers about what truly self-determination means for yourselves, but for your community, for your own nation, for the next generation. What does it mean? Because Mom Bet was thinking about this, her daughter, her child, no longer had to live in bondage, but even the other people that had been enslaved in that plantation no longer had to live in bondage because when she won, her and Brom won the case, others were also set free. When W.E.B. Du Bois started to write The Souls of Black Folk, he was no doubt 
examining these types of things that were up close and personal that he had seen and how these things link back. It is what is within that soul and that battle that's going on many times that stops some people from being determined to be free. But we have a long journey ahead as we get to August 5th through 7th. And you can go to gullahgeechee.info. If you want to go, go to gullahgeechee.info to learn more about this year's Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, a celebration of self-determination. But tonight, I intentionally asked my co-founder, Kwame Shah, to join me here on the air to just talk a little bit about theme, a celebration of self-determination, and also the festival itself and this journey that we continue to be on, hoping that all people would realize the journey of the Gullah Geechee but also this road to be free. So how honored to do this evening, Brother Kwame, shall we going on? Honored uh, to do well, Queen. Glad if you yet so, glad if you yet so. So now tell the listeners tonight your perspective on our theme for this year, a celebration of self-determination for the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival. Well, first I want to thank you for... Uh, the two of us being able to work together on this festival. It is a, a, a great event every year. It is something that, uh, unlike other festivals, differs in that the focus is not so much on entertainment, but the focus is on making sure that people have the correct education, the correct information, the correct knowledge about what the meaning of to truly be Gulagichi anointed people means. And so the celebration of self-determination for me, it, 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 uh, let me find the words for it. It is the celebration of being able to know that based upon your cultural background, based upon your heritage, based upon those things that are your God-given birthright, you now determine the path that your life will take. You determine the path that your family's life will take. You can determine the fact that there is no shame in you being able to continue to celebrate your culture, not just to preserve it and to survive with it, but to continue to move forward with it, to advance it, to show that the relevance of your culture has a very strong meaning, has a very strong importance to the world at large, not just within your community, but to the world at large. So, you know, knowing that, first, you understand what it is to be Gullah Geechee, you understand where the root of that is, you understand the knowledge and the spiritual blessing that was given to you through that, uh, how it applies in your life and how you can now continue to, um, as I said before, live and make contributions to the world at large. So that's what that celebration is about. You know, there are a lot of people who really don't know who they are. They, you know, they don't really have a clue of what their root is. They may identify with a race in the larger scheme of things. What within that racial context points directly to you? as you talk about all the time, the different uh, 
the different nations which make up the Gullah Geechee Nation here in the U.S., the, you know, the Gullah and the Geechee, the Mende, the Temi, Sikh, Ibibio, you know, Igbo, um, you know, Da, you know, Ewe, you know, Ashanti, all of these. So within that, we can say, yes, these are all cultures of African heritage. But there's certain specifics within those different cultures. So right. when you look at the Gullah Geechee culture, we see the amalgamation of all of these. We see the blending in of different knowledges, different, you know, spiritual sciences, different um, agricultural sciences, you know, um, understanding what it is to be able to now grow a fresh water plant to create an estuary from salt water to grow a fresh water plant that sustains you. You know, th- these are things which are specific to, to Africans of a certain region. Right. But now, again, once you put that back into the context of the Gullah Geechee, that is something that now was brought from the motherland, brought here, helped to build this country, not just with Gullah Geechee, but how others took advantage of it, should we say exploited it. So that in itself should let you know that there is a very strong relevance to that culture, to that part of you. So if someone would think enough to bring you here from thousands of miles away, from one continent to the next, for that little bit of skill that you may take for granted, that says a lot. That says a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to be able to recognize that, to recognize, you know, the power in that and to then turn around and celebrate it, that is what this is. That is what our festival focuses on. And so that's why as we continue to do this festival year after year, we look for the authenticity of the crafts that are there, the presenters. Right. That is what the focus is and that's what the celebration is all about. Right, and so when people think about self-determination, the thing about it is all of the litany of of ethnic groups that you mentioned, it still was about them being determined to not be what somebody else said that they had to be, which was simply stripping them of every title, every language, every tradition that they each had. Instead, they were determined individuals that, then put those things together and then created a culture and a cultural landscape here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. And, of course, the location for this celebration of self-determination in the Gullah Geechee Reunion is going to be the seeding ground of it all because we are going to be in Charleston County, South Carolina, that Friday evening, August the 5th, we are going to kick off at Scott's Land at 6 p.m. that evening. We are going to have what we call a party with a purpose because our opening reception is going to be festive and everything, but it is also going to be an evening where we show the documentary Wilmington on Fire. There's going to be delicate food there because that is a restaurant that Sister Regina and her family run as a pay-as-you-go restaurant. It's also a catering hall 
and a place that is Gullah Geechee owned and operated. And it's right in the neighborhood and it's right near the airport at the same time. And so the people would be able to come in that evening and start to connect to those craft artists that you mentioned because they'll be in the house that evening, be able to take things away that have our story in it, books, CDs, DVDs, as y'all have heard we mentioned it throughout this broadcast already. She would be able to purchase these things and take these things with them. But then on Saturday, we are going to be downtown again at the Charleston Maritime Center. And so that is at a location that many do not realize is at Gadsden's Wharf. Now, Mumbet fought for her freedom, actually won in Massachusetts. There were many Gullah Geechis that simply rose up many of whom were right there from Charleston, including Denmark, Ressi, and Gullah Jack. And so we are going to be at Gazin's Wharf, where that was the site, unlike Evo Landing, where people were sold actually on River Street in Savannah and then taken down to St. Simon's Island. You actually had people sold all over the city of Charleston. The Gazin's Wharf was a holding pen away from Sullivan's Island when they got downtown. They got the gas and wharf was held there, then taken out to auction blocks. Well, this is the place that we have been determined that we should have something that recognizes our ancestors. So we started with this festival 11 years ago. We started mm-hmm. this festival, and the first one was on St. Helena Island, and then the next year right. we had it on in Charleston. So this will be the 10th anniversary since coming to Charleston, and we poured libation, we've beaten drums, we've done everything to honor that legacy and pay homage to these ancestors that you have outlined each and every time. And as I served on the founding board of the International African American Museum and we discussed the location for where we put the building, they kept telling me that there wasn't any land available along that water. And I kept saying there has to be. There has to be. And now here it is that we are going to build in the same spot adjacent to the Charleston Maritime Center, right at the spot of Gaston's Wharf. And so being determined to have something mean that someone tells you no one time and then you say, okay, then, and just walk off, you know, mm-hmm. and then you just forfeit everything. No, you may have to go back time and again, and it may take 10 years. It may take a full decade. It might take just like all of this time that is taken now for people to begin to recognize, under, and overstand the value of an Evo landing, the value mm-hmm. of a bet, the value of the work like the souls of black folks by W.E.B. People are just valuing these people and these things now, and unfortunately, Mom, that is deceased. She's buried. Unfortunately, Debbie E.B. Dubois is deceased. He's buried. Beyonce's still here. Queen Quest's still here. Okay. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we still have an opportunity to guide a process that we pray will help more people to engage in learning more about who we be, and especially as Gullah Geechee anointed people, that they start to understand that everything, like I said at the beginning, is not as simplistic as what you see on the surface, even if you think it's being presented through art. There's more depth to it. There's more that you can learn from it but you have to dig a little deeper. And so the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival 
is definitely going to give you the opportunity to learn more about the Gullah Geechee Nation and our self-determination. So, again, it is the first weekend in August. Tickets are already on sale at our Eventbrite link. If you continue to follow us on Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook and at Gullah Geechee on Twitter and Instagram, you'll continue to get updates. But make sure to follow our blog, GullahGeecheeNation.com. And make sure for going to gullahgeechee.info if I don't want info. I definitely want to say thank you, thank you, Brother Kwame Shaw. And so definitely the journey continues. I have some more work to go and do while we are on this Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour. So we have to wrap it up. But Brother Kwame mm-hmm. Shaw, any closing words in store for the folks? Well, once again, Queen, I am so uh, thankful and so uh, humbled by, you know, the work that you do. And uh, I just want to let you know that as long as I can be a support, I'll always be there for you, be there with you, and let's continue to celebrate this self-determination. Let's continue to celebrate the determination of the Gullah Geechee spirit to move forward. All right. Peace and blessings, everybody. Stay self-determined. On a chiller. The Gullah Geechee, Black Gold, Anointed People. This show the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Wine back out on the road after we close out this station. Peace and blessings, everybody. Stand strong. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.